let you guys know that this um this podcast is pretty much unscript, all uh, all raw. None of the stuff is um you know like pre or anything like that. And I really wanted to begin with a subject that you know pr- pretty much most of us wanted to talk about for and, it, and it's pretty much life after high school. And um I pretty much want to take, um let my good friend Andy pretty much he's gonna be the first you know first the guest so and. This um experience real quick. Um, Andy, I just want to tell you what happened after um you know you can you know graduate because I haven't seen you in a good minute uh, since you had left school. I'm here, man. Done. Um, well, if I may, real quick, I just want to just say thank you to y'all, boy, for allowing me to be on the podcast. It's an honor to be on for my first time. Hopefully, there's gonna be more times to come, but. I mean, uh, yeah, it's been a while. You know, the, actually, the ten year reunion is coming up in a little bit. Uh, oh yeah. A lot has happened. Uh, I, I say for me personally, a lot of growth has been uh, taking place. I went to the Marine Corps for a little bit, but before I did that, I was actually uh, went to junior college. You know, couldn't really afford to go out of state, so I went to the local community college. Was it um, the great Was it the I'm infamous? Was it the infamous Miami Dade? Yes, sir. Like I think the girl that graduated class went out there, but I mean it was it was it was all good. I think uh, to be honest with you, man, in hindsight, I believe that uh, community college get a bad rep. You know, it's they are they're quite affordable. The, inf- the information is good, and the the, uh, the schooling is good as well. And then you get your associate's degree, and then you go to any university you want to with more money in your pocket. So it's a better move than going straight to a four-year university. However, that is, I understand why a lot of individuals do that too, though. No, no, no. I, I completely agree with you on, on that part on many levels that, you know, uh, uh, when it comes to community college, it doesn't – I would um, – you know, the reputation wasn't, like, you know, because I think everybody wanted to try something different. You don't want to go to school. Most people different. That's why I believe. You know? But, you know, in the long run, the Miami Day College, it was a really good idea to do, especially at that time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Like I said before, I was able to make some connections, um, build, rapport with a lot of, uh, build rapport with a lot of individuals. Um, and with that, too much with that, through that, I was able to um, – like I said before, I, I made connections and got involved in the military. So uh, just recently, actually last 2018 is when I separated from the Marine Corps. So that was a good four years of my life. Again, made even more connections, uh, picked up photography as well, and, you know, making money with that right now. Now, Andy, just just curiosity, do you feel like you're satisfied with that right now after um, those years of high school? I mean, after, you know, after high school years? Um, to be honest with you, man, I feel like with the knowledge that I have now, it should have been knowledge that would have been at a younger age during the years. I mean, that was a lot that was going on. Like, to me, you know, at first, being a young kid and, and quote-unquote, an adult, graduated, you're 18, you're pretty much an adult, but having so many things not answered enough, um, Way by my parents, you know, I, I felt a little bit of animosity towards my parents because I felt like we're supposed to teach me 
so much more. And I had older siblings as well. So I was well, like, you guys were supposed to teach me so much more. You didn't. You know? Um, it happened. But what, that happened. I, what I had to realize was I had to take a step back and understand, like, with my parents, you know, you know, me being a first-generation Haitian. Oh, I'm sorry, first-generation American. Um, Haitian-American. My parents' main goal was that was oh, and to provide while I'm here, and then it was all oh, to figure everything else out. And they they did they did their best to do, and I'm very grateful for that. But it hurt at that time, and now under on me with the knowledge that I now have, make sure that my children better you know step forward. Andy, you're cutting in and out. I can't hear you much. Are, are you there, Andy? Andy? I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. It's just that you're thinking in and out for a second there. Um, I, Okay, I understand where you was coming at. Like, you know, your parents did the best they can to teach you what they know so far because, you know, you were the first one in the family pretty much graduating and going on. Um, first, uh, you know, I do feel like, you know, Low-key, I wish the school system taught us um, much better offer, like, you know, options and opportunities that's out there other than just going to Miami-Dade College because especially in high school, they were pretty much pushing the um, the idea of, hey, just go to Miami-Dade College, there's better opportunities. And don't get me wrong, there is better opportunities, but the but I feel like there's more than uh, Miami-Dade College when it was pushing that. Oh, I mean, yeah, no doubt, definitely. But I think the thing is, like, you got to understand, Kevin, that, with that, right, it's it's all a system. Just like with the school system, they they're preparing you to go into the. That's the main goal. How everything is, from the desk to a, on like all, all your grade school years, and it's one of those things where it's like. That that's just how it is. Now, don't get me wrong. I totally agree with you. I felt like with me, by the time I got to my junior year, I still had some classes to take. So by the time I was in my junior year, I had like I was able to get ROTC and everything like that. But I feel like with electives like that, what they should have done instead was throw in some entrepreneurial classes instead. Because it's like, all right, you got all your general ed- education for you to graduate from high school. All those are already set. Right now, you you could probably ROTC. Not ROTC. I'm sorry. Um, I forgot the name of it. But like something like it was a works. Wait, hold on, hold on. But let me ask a question. Okay, so basically what I'm hearing that you feel like, you know, you wish they, especially for, from your, I'm no, no, no disrespect, but especially from your parents or anybody who's brought, like your older brother and sister and so forth, you feel like they should have taught you about maybe free marketing or anything like entrepreneurship, right? Anybody that you was, when you was growing, um, growing up, like going to high school, um, you know, colleges and so forth, do you feel like that way? That's what you're trying to say? And I mean, in a nutshell, yeah, but at the same time, they wasn't even on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, my brother was the most, uh, for lack of better terms, he was, he was a risk taker. So he was the one that actually went out and went to Orlando to be a um, he's, he's doing that now to, like, engineers because of that risk that he took back then. But he was still learning it. And so it was one of those things where I, I kind of understand where you can't, you can't, some people are uncomfortable teaching or, like, spitting knowledge when they stay in the state of learning. And so with him, he was still growing through that. My sister was very much um, 
very much to the school system. Right now, she's in she's in administration, like a, a, an administrator at a at a college right now. So she's very much with that system. But now, now she's kind of getting the box and looking at ways to use her nine to five to build a uh, like an entrepreneur type portfolio as well. That but it, it took us some time to get to that point. And so I'm not too mad at them because it was never presented to them. And I can't I can't expect them to teach me something that they themselves don't know. Um, I know. I know. I'm gonna say that. Look, I know it's not a conspiracy, but you know, I blame the the system of the school where where they don't teach um anybody, and that's they they still not doing that. They don't teach people to think for themselves. To say, hey, look, there's an opportunity out there. You could have a chance to have marketing of you know going for becoming like you know owning a property and putting up for rent and something like that to make money without you killing yourself doing the nine to five jobs. Straight up. No, that's what that's what I hear you. I hear y'all understand where you come from. Here's the thing, is that's what that's on like individuals like us who are, who now have that knowledge to like probably intervene. And then it's like again, when it's not so much that we're knocking school, because here's the thing though, here's the thing. This this is where because I think sometimes right now people think having it is bad and it's I think the pendulum has swung a little too far to the where it's like it was first. Oh, you need to have a job. If you don't have a, you, you look you looking crazy. Now that now they're saying that you have a, like, no. Here's here's what you got to do. Use your job. Work a job, but use your the vehicle that's gonna make you millions. Use your job and put it get uh, use use the funds that you're making. Get a box. Use your job. Get some real estate. You know what I'm saying? And from that point, when that when that other when that vehicle builds to the point where you no longer need, need your job, then you can step away from your job. But it's like, don't. It, it, it's okay to have a job. The school system. I'm not saying I'm not knocking it at like saying oh school is bad. Like nah, it is not for everybody. Can you be successful without school? Yes, you can. Many individuals are. It's just one of those things where it's nice to know other other ways besides school or other way, or things that you could do to to uh combine with school. You know what I'm saying? Or complement it. Uh that's that that would have been nice to be to be introduced to. That's that's all I'm saying. Okay. And um okay I'll go bring up relationship real quick, but let me bring up to Robin up to the table real quick right now. So Robin I'm sorry, go ahead Robin, can you hear me? Yeah I can hear you. I hear you go ahead listen. All right, so Robin, listen. Life after high school, man. Where you at from here from now? Tell me what happened after high school. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, you too as well. I didn't hear from you for a good minute as well, bro. So <laughs> tell me what happened after high school. Man, after high school, dog. Um, I'll just say like what happened. Uh, quickly, like at 18. Well, close to 18, I got accepted to a college, um, out of state, and you know, and and um. You know, honestly, I never really told everybody the background, you know, of, of me. You know, somebody told me that I need to, you know, introduce myself. So I, so I got him, you know, though, you know, name's Robin from Miami, grew up in North Miami, went to North Miami Senior High, and went to Kent State University, Kansas State University. Uh, so, um, so back to your question, Clifton, when I was oh, 18. Hold on, hold on. told that you're a father right now? No. Huh? Somebody told me that you're a father of what? How many kids you got right now, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. 
thank, thank you, Andy. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm married. I got uh, four kids. Um, yeah, well, three and, and the fourth one on the way. Yeah, so and, and all girls at the moment. Still trying to work to get that boy. Free, appreciate. It. Been married for like four years, almost four years now. Yeah, so that's just my quick backstory. So everybody knows who you know who I am, and 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 then you'll probably do the same thing, Cliff. Once I once we get to to you, but when I was eighteen, dog, I got accepted to Kansas State University. I thought I wasn't gonna go to. Uh, I, I at first I was trying to stay in state so I could still be in Florida, but I could be away from my parents so I could learn how to be a man. And then, like, um, I get accepted. I get accepted to a school out of state. And the schools that I applied to in-state, University of Florida said no, University of Central Florida said no, University of uh, South Florida said no, and the University of Miami said no. Apparently, my GPA wasn't high enough. But for some reason, at 18, I was more driven than I've ever been. And I think it was because I think it was because I was, um, for the first time in my life, I, I knew I was about to be in control of my life, you know. Every kid is just waiting until they're 18. Like, man, I wait till I get 18. No, my parents can't tell me what to do. They can finally leave me alone. But what you don't realize is at 18, that's when you that's when you need even more guidance <laughs> because you can get you can fall into traps and stuff. So you know, I I didn't I got denied by four schools. My dad was hovering over my head saying, "I told you this was gonna happen to you. You know, you never did. You you, you couldn't get your GPA up." But, but I told my dad I did the best that I could in school, and so I was like a CB. A BC type of student. I get accepted to K State. I fall down on the ground. I still remember this like it was yesterday. My brother was like, "Whoa, what the hell happened to you, dog?" I was like, "I was like, like, dog, look, nigga, I got accepted to to a university, dog, and it's not gonna be here." My brother was happy, but my parents weren't happy. You no, know, the first immigration uh, 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 Haitians in Miami, they were not happy that I was leaving them, but they knew that I had to go somewhere. So I ended up going to. So I ended up going to. Uh, so I ended up going to uh, um, um, K State, eighteen, not knowing how to cook, not knowing how to budget money. <laughs> to be honest with you, we're not taught any of that in school, which is another thing. You know, if we ever want to get into the the system, the system topic, we which we probably will later on in this segment. Uh, um, wait, so, wait, so, I just, I'm just going to ask. For- because I see now, I just want to mention some cool things I have seen. Now I noticed that you also have played for the Kansas State um, University. You was like one of the linesmen, I believe. Oh uh, no, I was trying to. I was trying to play football there. I was trying to Clifton and I. They didn't like. I couldn't get on the team, man. It was a bunch of politics behind. It. They asked me for film. I didn't know that I had to have film. <laughs> then they asked me uh, for coaches that I can call. I don't have any of my coaches' numbers. You know, like. These are all things that I didn't know. I wish somebody would have extended their hands and kind of taught me the ropes. Because when I was 18, my goal was, okay, go to college and and, and go to a good college so I can go uh, go pro, go to the NFL. That was my financial plan of getting financially free. But little did I know, man, things could just change in a, in a heartbeat. So I didn't end up getting on the football team. I can just say from about – and that's just 18 through 19 – at 20 years old, uh, what I experienced was the first time a white guy called uh, me nigger, but he didn't do it directly. He did it uh, um, uh, in, indirectly. Like we were playing a video game, uh, 2K. I was murdering him. He had the Lakers, and I was playing with the Miami Heat. I was, I was murdering his ass. And then 
you know, he was he kept missing threes with Kobe Bryant, and then he said, "Come on, Kobe, you you fucking." And that was the first time I was like, "Oh shit, this actually happened for real." Wait. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, like you know, you hear it on TV, you like, "Yo, what are you gonna do?" So if a white boy call you that, he didn't call me that, but he called Kobe that. But when he said that to Kobe, he did tell me he was sorry. But I never looked at him the same way. And at that point, I knew what he really was. That's that's really how he felt. You, you mind you, I'm leaving Florida. I'm leaving Miami, a diverse city, you know, full of Haitians, Jamaicans, Puerto Ricans, like people from all different kinds of backgrounds, all different walks of life. And I'm going to Kansas where there's a bunch of white people. <laughs> you know, like, so I finally experienced that. And I was like, okay, this is this is not the kind of guy that I, I, I want to hang out with. Needless to say, he was a fake guy anyway because uh, um, this guy had self-esteem problems. This guy had well, self yeah, yeah, go ahead, Cliff. I just want to bring this up. Like, you pretty much experienced, um, like, you know, outside of Florida, um, like, other people, how to react and stuff. But um, quick question about it is that where you at right now, as if, like, um, how you, where you came up gradually, because I know you, for, for a fact, you just got your, um, you got your um, diploma and everything, right? Your uh, university diploma? Yeah, after five years, kid. After, I graduated in 2016, I just got it. I, I know that because put a depth on you or something like that to to hold your diploma up or something. But oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm saying I got it. It's hanging up on the. It's hanging up on the the shelf, man. It, I mean, you would think I'd be happy about it, but you know, I'm looking at the job market, man. It just it's horrible, man. They don't pay shit. You know, like I really feel like people mean what? Huh. It, it, it's safe to say that it didn't mean mu- it did it doesn't mean much right now at, at, at this point. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, man. but honestly, I, I really do respect that you have that type of achievement. A lot of people would love to have that achievement, though. Honestly, regardless of the meaning behind it, um, because I know that the marketing and today marketing is either you try to work your way up in this corporate ladder, which is kind of, low key. I, I believe it's kind of fake. Um. Mm-hmm. But either you become um, what you call it, a uh, graduate, and uh, a friend of mine that working, he's like pretty much like the GM of the Apple right now, and um, in Avatar, and mm-hmm. he said he had gotten uh, the the degree, and he he like he pretty much went to college for, for like four years of college, and, and he he felt like you know it was pointless because he had to work his way up, and they still didn't pay him the right amount of money. Um, you know, the motive with the, the you know, the diploma that he has, hospitality. Believe it or not, it sounds crazy, but it's true. I know it's tough, right, though. Right. He's right. It, it but, does suck. The people of power have to change that, man. You know, that's why we have to have our own businesses so we can be the ones to dictate that. Because right now, a lot of people are getting robbed. A lot of people are getting robbed. Uh, let, let, sure, let's, uh, let's, let's ask Andy this. Yo, yo, Andy, like, is it worth climbing up the ladder in the military? How was that? Do you look up to these guys that were above you, like your sergeants, your lieutenants? What were those guys' vibes like? What were their morals like? Uh, and, and do you think it's like worth it for somebody to to say, "I want to be a lieutenant in the military"? What, what, what's your what's your uh, response to that, Bob? Also, Randy, I, um, I mean, Andy, I'm sorry. I also, Andy, I want to uh, also want to ask you, like, was there favoritism in in that um, when when you was in the army? Marines, but it's all good. Um, uh, in a nutshell, um, I'm gonna say this, it's like that everywhere. Uh, 
to answer your question first, Robin, is it worth going up the right? Depends. Mm-hmm. Um, if if your heart is in the Marine Corps, if you really want to make a change, if you, if you if you believe that in you going up the ranks, um, get a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more authority, um, over the male and female Marines, then yeah, you know, it's to make that change. And to be honest, it could be anybody, man. It could be it could be the, from the private to the sergeant to the lieutenant that that can make an impact in the in the unit that you're in. So it's not too much of a big deal. Um, of course, if you're looking at it financially, of course, the more the higher the higher in rank that you uh, that you are, the more money that you will make. Um, mm-hmm. In regards to favoritism, there is as well. Uh, it's one of those things you have. We have these things in which uh, a Marine can can go up on a board, and if they perform well on this board, you could potentially uh, get promoted a lot sooner than than, uh, than under normal circumstances, right? So in those cases, there could be a little bit of bias. Um, like anything else, if there's a set number of female Marines in a certain unit and they need a certain amount of female Marines to be sergeants or corporals, that might sway the decision of the board. Um, but that's, that's, that's not fact. That's just my opinion. Um, from what I've seen um, at the unit that I, I was only at one unit. You know, so. Um, but uh, Clifton, another question that you asked, I believe. I'm sorry. All right. Um, another question, and it's for both of you guys, honestly. But no, before I do uh, ask you this question, Andy, I want to ask you right now for for my good man Robin. Robin, do you feel like, honestly, do you feel like, um, like you you at where you at? Because honestly, in my personal feeling, um, uh, like in my in my personal thoughts, I really do feel like you're at where you at, like where your mindset is at. You're not there where you need to be at, but you came there at the right direction. In my personal, um, I also want to ask you that last question for you, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, Andy. I, I mean, um, you're right. Like, um, I I'm not exactly where I want to be because I still haven't surrounded myself with those hungry people. Like me and Andy listen to the same uh, podcast, and I tell you what, we had an if we had an environment like that, <laughs> man, I I don't even know I don't even know uh, the greatness that's upon me because it's hard to find people that want to be great. Because here's the problem: a lot of people in this world are not even it. You understand, like, if, if, you, if you're not even a decent human being, greatness is like, that's the last thing on your mind, and that's just too high for you to reach because <laughs> you still haven't, you haven't even became, like, a, a decent human being, you know? So, like, how could you be great if you're not even a decent human being? You don't, you don't tell people thank you when they do things for you. You don't, you don't have somebody's back when they're not even looking, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's crazy, and, and Clifton, the uh, the other thing I wanted to say is uh, my mindset with uh, with where I am, where with where I am with uh, business and stuff. It all came from when I was uh, when I was twenty. Yeah, when I was twenty years old, uh, I had somebody in college, this guy named Blake, who approached me, and he was like, "Hey, Robin, you seem like a sharp guy, ambitious guy. Are you interested in making extra money?" I was like, "Hell yeah, dog! I'm a college student." You know, I'm already broke. I'm only making seven twenty five an hour at the grocery store. What's going on, man? And he he was like, Hey Robin, like I'm I met uh success I I work with some successful business owners in Kansas City and uh they're looking to expand out here in Manhattan. Would you be cool if my mentor gave you a call? 
and he possibly meet with you. I was like, yeah, go ahead. He can call me. He calls me up. I talked to him for a little bit, uh, and it was a pretty good conversation. And then he said, um, look, man, I'm going to drive about two hours. This guy was all the way in Kansas City, and he drove all the way to a small town where I was going to college at in Manhattan. And so he came out. He drove down. Uh, he showed me the business opportunity. It was like the greatest thing that I've seen in my life. And at that point, that's when I was like, I knew it. I knew there was something different out there. I knew when I saw my dad work so hard, like I, I knew there was something different. But the only different thing that I knew was becoming a professional athlete. I never thought on the um on the other um the other side of things, which like were, yo, you could be a business owner, you can have your own business, set your own hours, create opportunities and house for others. Like I never thought of that. We're in our community hey, we're only taught. My bad, my bad, Rob. I just, I was just gonna ask. Cause I think touch up on it, but why was it, why was it that you only seen yourself as an athlete and nothing else? That why was it that uh, that's all that you thought you could do? Because the the environment I was in, I never saw anybody else doing anything else. That was literally what it, what it was. Everywhere, everywhere oh, we went, okay. Andy, when we went to the park, people were like, "Yo, I'm playing ball and." Yo, I'm about to go to college because of basketball. Like, everything was always sports-related. And everybody that was smart, that wasn't in style. That, was, wasn't, that wasn't cool. Like, oh, you're really smart? Like, you know, like, man, you, you're weird. But the thing is, being smart can give you direction in life, can create different avenues that, um, that are not created for most people because, you're, you, because like, when you're smart, you're, you're a little bit more open-minded. I was closed-minded at the time. I was closed-minded at the time. It took when I was, like, 19, doing what my parents were doing, working a job all the time, but it was only part-time. And I, and, I, and I realized the reality that my parents were going through because they had no but to keep going just so they can keep a roof over me and my brother and my sister's head. That's, that's when I was like, yo, I got to do something different. I'm not getting paid much because I worked harder than most people that were there. You know, I was a lot more respectful than most people. Like, my first day getting trained, I got a tip from a lady. Like, she, she was like, here, sir, can I give you $10? You are doing such a great job. And my manager said, no, he can't accept tips. But needless to say, when that lady gave me the tip outside, I took it. <laughs> I took it. I took it, man. I, you know, that's when I was like, yo, I, I could be the one to control my future. So when Blake came up to me, Andy, and he was like, yo, you should probably, like, you probably be good at this. I, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And I met with, with, um, with um, my man, uh, um, um, Courtney, and it was cool. It was, it was cool, man. It was cool. I was like, okay. I got. Uh, I was like, this makes sense. I want to do it because my because who else was showing me another opportunity? Who else was showing me another way? You know, nobody else was. <laughs> so I I just took it and I ran with it. And then Clifton, at that point, I started reading self help self help books, self development books, like business books. I started reading yeah. books like Master Key to Riches, The Slight Edge. Uh, man, like I you know I was I was reading uh, Wild at Heart. I, I was reading a, a lot of books, <laughs> and and it just. And I just loved the knowledge that I was learning. And I was like, why didn't I learn any of this when I was in uh, high school? <laughs> so, so, so yeah, Clifton, like, the, and, and Clifton, um, I have to say this too. You were the first one who showed me a fat chest for over $1,000, and you were not 20 yet, and you made it that big. And that opened my eyes, and I'm like, what is he doing that is so different? Like tell everybody your story on how it was for you when you were uh when you were eighteen and how did somebody of your age like nineteen I believe at the time you made over a thousand something dollars and was it worth it and was it the way that you felt well, that well, you, know, was, you could have made residual? Well, it was 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 it
Well, okay. Well, before I begin, I just want, okay. Before I begin, I'm gonna be quick on this one. I'm gonna try to be quick. All right. Um, you know, when I left high school, I went to um, my, you know, my sister. You know, my sister kept uh, kept on persuading me to go to um, to like you know, trade school. Trade school instead of going to college and everything. So I went to trade school. I went to job court in Homestead, uh, in Homestead, Homestead, Miami, Florida. And uh-huh. I was like about a year or two. And I was there, and I, I learned a lot of crazy stuff. Now, during that time, I was learning about how you need to be ambitious to try to get a job these days. And, mm-hmm. I, okay, let's do that. I'll just do go for that instead. Uh, trade school was like offering good money at that time. I was going to go for that route. Um, that's why you guys haven't seen, heard from me or anything like that, because I was like trying to, um, like, you know, do some soul searching, like, because at that time, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, honestly. Then I left down the, the trade school for a while. That, I, mean, I pretty much left the trade school. And after I left the trade school, I came back, uh, came back to Miami, and I pretty much uh, tried to go to Miami State uh, Wilson campus. And also, um, you know, my mom needed help around the house to start working and stuff. And this is a situation, like, that's a little different between you guys. And not to be, you know, I know you got, you know, I, I, like I told Robin before, before we started a podcast, there's two type of people in this world, people who are being provided. Hey, yeah, Clifton, let me, let me add Andy. We lost, he just told me he lost connection. Hold on, let me add him back onto the line. Hold oh, on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got um, Andy back on. Yeah, go ahead, Clifton, continue. All right, so, um, so pre- I almost already lost my thoughts in the process. But there's two type of people in this world right now. There's uh-huh. people who are being provided and people who are providing. Okay, and uh-huh. after I, I thought about this for a good minute, and and it sucks because when most some of us had left, calm, like finished, you know, our school days. Some of us had no choice but to join the workforce because most of us, you know, some of us had to, you know, try to provide for ourselves or our family, and we couldn't keep up with, you know, going to school at that time. So we ended up going straight to the workforce. Um, I ended up, you know, working my ass off in um, in South Beach, Miami, and I and I started as a buster. I'm gonna tell you right now, don't ever work in a restaurant. I think Robbie, I think you already know the stories. Like you work in a restaurant, they teach you like crap. Um, so especially when you're a buster, especially, especially when you're a buster. So I started off as a buster. I worked my way up. <laughs> oh my gosh, there was some hard time, but I worked my way up. Um, and for five years later, I became a you know a server and a bartender in South Beach, Miami, called the Angler Six Sixty. Then um, afterwards, I kind of like had some work ethics, like hospitalities and stuff like that. I, I I pick up some good knowledge. That's one thing I'll never um, you know. Um, you know, like, even though I, I had to face the good, the bad, and ugly over there, I still um happy that I learned from from it. I, I it's just that I won't go back. That's the that's the only thing I won't go back. Um, but I I, I did went straight to that uh, straight to that mode, and then at that time I went to another job. It's called I Pick Theaters. I worked there for like a good, I would say three or three years, three two to three years. Um, over there. And I have, and I had a good reputation to the point where 
you know, if I come back, like, you know, visit them, um, they will remember my face and everything. Um, and then I pretty much now just work. But working in an environment where it's in, like in a Fort Lauderdale, um, by the Fort Lauderdale airport location, um, as a market street, and it's pretty okay. I'm all good with that, man. I'm eating, like, you know. But the thing is, what I learned after, um, what I, what I wish I could have learned after high school was that, um, I wish that I really did wish that I learned how to about the uh, more about you know how to buy um rental properties, how to finesse like how to like you know learn about debts, learn about um stock market during the time when I was in high school, you know things like that like something to be like free marketing ideas. I didn't have the ideas, and I you know what made me got me so motivated is when you know and I'm not even like trying to be disrespectful, but like you know when you're around rich, other rich people, you wondering how they got up there. And you want to be like them. You want to be um like rich and successful. And like I'm working like this five job nonstop, and I'm like this nine five slave job is not worth something to me. But I'm gonna tell you a story real quick. Yeah. That hurts the most. It's, it's based on a true story. Okay. It's based on a true story. And you know this is no disrespect to the person I'm about to call. Um, it's not a call out anybody who I'm gonna mention. But you know I was working nonstop, right? And I end up, um, you know, had a hard time looking for a job um, at some point. Like I hit rock bottom at uh, at a, at a, you know, at some point. And you know, looking back, I, I kind of wish and I regretted that I, I you know, I, I missed the opportunity when I was like uh-huh. sharp in the head. Where I, when I left, um, you know, I didn't like complete uh, Miami Dade College at all. I because I, I, I pretty much kind of focused more on you know getting the money. But I kind of do regret that I didn't uh, continue um, at that time, you know, trying to finish up, you know, um, school. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, finishing, um, you know, trying to get a degree or something out of Miami Dade. I did regret that because this story I'm gonna tell you right now is gonna be a quick one, but it hurts. So you guys know Kepler, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Christian, I, um, and this person was signal was acting up. It looks like he's gonna be on me, but all right, man. It is what it is. It is what it is. No worries. Um, at that time, I'm just real too. And big shout out to Kepler, man. Kepler is a true boss, man. This guy pushing up with nice, um, with nice exotic cars. So I bumped into Kepler, and at that time, I was working, um, you know, as a supervisor, as a valet supervisor. Don't ask me how I got there. So I got there. Um. And I didn't know it was him inside a cart. So he was in an all-black tinted, um, you know, Lamborghini. And the next thing he knew, I pulled up the car, right? And I was going to open the car for him. And next thing he knew, I was going to come out the car. You know, low-key, I felt embarrassed, right? I felt a little bit of a... I was like, no, no, bro, you, you, do, you do your thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm very happy for him. I was very happy for him doing his thing. But look... Uh-huh. I was like just like him too. No jealousy of you know, but I just wish I was like in a good position where he's at. You know, he pulled out in the car, we had chopped it up and talked and everything. And you know man, I'm gonna be honest with you, it makes me feel more motivated and you know, although I was like really tired from that work that night because I was like working my ass off. I mean, you know, after work, I was, I, I sat in the car like, yo, I got to make myself, I, I need to get back in the game and try to get myself better and more focused on financial um gains, like, you know, how to make um more money in the long run. So now uh-huh. I'm really uh, looking yeah. at profit, 
I'm looking at properties, right? Where they say that uh -huh. even if you're a buyer, home buyer, you can buy, you can do a down payment for three percent. And once you buy the house, I'm gonna put it up for rent, and I'm just gonna like rent the house out, so I, I don't have to like waste my time killing myself to do doing this nine to five job. And that's the thing I'm trying to say is that, no, no, none of us want to do the nine to five job. We just want to be successful and work less, basically. Um, this nine to five job sucks, man. I really, I'm like, I'm really, I'm serious about that. And that's something that you know I just came to a lesson. Like, I need to focus more on that. And trust me, I, I've done a lot of sacrifices here and there, looking out for friends and family, but I'm, I need to start doing sacrifices for me now. That's where I'm, um, where I'm at and where, I, where I'm going to as well. Yo, I love the way how you summed it up. Clifford, you, you said your story so quick, and I, and I ain't, nope. you know, sure. I, I, I understand. I Time is a little right now for me. But I, I'll t I would love to tell you some of my life story, but this is like one of the main points that made me want to focus more and, you know, if Kepler listened to this, man, I would give a big shout-out to him because he kind of actually want to make me want to, like, you know, push myself even further to be where I want to be at. Um, right. Uh -huh. There's nothing better than somebody that you grew up with. You see them doing it big, and you're struggling, and you're like, nah, man, fuck. If he can get it, I got to be able to get it too, man. And I, I understand. I've seen, I've seen that too, man. I see that too, though. Like, you know, and it's great that you, you woke up and you, pay, and you started paying attention because financial freedom – when you get that, everything else is a little easier. <laughs> like, you cannot say, ah, oh, man, I don't know if I could do this. I got to go to work. Because when, when you're financially bind, like, when you're financially bind, your, uh, your, your time is bind. Like, because you, you, everything reflects on the dollar bill. Ah, oh, man, I can't, I, can't, I can't work out all the time, man. I'm always at work. I work these 12-hour shifts. Like, I work five days a week because I need to make ends meet. You know, like, when you're stuck doing that, how can somebody work out? And then when you ask them to work out, they're going to be tired. And then just for them to wake up, and it's, it's time to go to work again. Like, you, you have to be real with yourself. Do you want to keep doing that shit? I see my wife was a CNA before she was a surgical tech, and I remember those hours. I remember when they would, when they would have her have 12 patients, and it's only her. So what does she do when there's 12 call lights on? Man, you know what I'm saying? 12, 12 call lights, Clifton. How the fuck do you answer all twelve of them? And then you get, you know, you get evaluated every thirty days. So that's pressure. So you're, you don't even know if that evaluation could cause you to just lose your job. And so I saw how miserable she was. And so then what I did, because you know, now I'm gonna continue on to to my story, because you know, every single time I, you know, I let you talk, I, I um, I'm like, okay, now let me boost it up a year or two in the story. I was twenty. Uh, the last time I was uh, talking to you, when I, was, um, when, I, when I spoke last, I was talking about when I was 20 and stuff. Now I'm going to go up to 21 and 22. I, when, I, when I turned 21, I was hanging out with all those people. Just like how you said, Clifton, when you were at Homestead, you got exposed to successful people. When I was 21, I got exposed to successful uh, uh, businessmen. You know, like these guys had great marriages. I'm like, yo. Their wives respect them. I just like the way they were looking at them and all that. Like, they were able to provide high levels, spoil them at high levels. They look like they just had everything together. And I was like, you know what? I want to have everything together. You know, like, I, I, I got to do the same thing. And so at 22, like, at 21 and 22, it was more like me understanding how important financial freedom was. That was what was big for me. I went to so many conferences. I went to so many weekly leadership meetings, and I've got, I have got got qualified for leadership uh, um, 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 events. 
because I always busted my ass. It doesn't matter what I do, Clifton. I always want to be that guy where you say, hey, this guy does a solid job. Um, but, but whenever I'm really passionate about something, I want you to say this guy does an exceptional job. But a solid job is, is my minimum. Solid, you know, like a solid job. Uh, that, that was, that was, uh, that's like my minimum. But for the most part, I want to be phenomenal. I want to be phenomenal, though. So I got exposed to, to seeing all these guys and, and what they were doing. And then also, in my love life, here's another important thing. I started realizing what, what it takes to love somebody and also what you need to get if you're a good, loving person back from your significant other. And I also paid attention to red flags. Like, when I was with the girl that I was with at the time, man, she wasn't supporting anything. When I was telling her I was around all these people and all that, she didn't want to come. She didn't want to be around it. What she had in mind, she planned our future before even talking to me. She said, this is what her, our future was in her eyes. She was going to go to the Army, and I was going to be a stay-at-home dad. What the fuck <laughs> is that, Kristen? What the fuck is that? You didn't even talk to me about that. You just made Yo, our future. Like, <laughs> check, this check this out, though. That's what happened, though, because if some, like, you know, there's two types of people in a relationship these days. One that's willing to work with, uh, with you know, work together, make something happen, and agree on both things. One, or one person that only have one vision because in their mind, this is how it, they want it to be. It's crazy, but that's how they want it. That's some crazy shit right there, bro. I'm going to keep it real with no, you, though. For real. It is. It is. I, I didn't like it, man. That was, yeah, that's some bullshit. That's why we couldn't, we couldn't coexist. We couldn't be together. We couldn't be together because she was, she was controlling. She wouldn't let me, like, be a man. And whenever I was trying to be a man, like, here's a red flag because here's the biggest red flag. I'm like, yo, I love you. Like, I give you this relationship 100%. I'm giving you everything. You ask for money. I got you. You need a shoulder to cry on. I got you. You want me to hear you out. <laughs> was going through things in life. I got you. Everything, I always got you. Why don't you have me? And she was like, oh, if you're doing all that stuff to be reciprocated, then you, you don't really love. What the fuck do you mean? If I give 100% of the relationship, nigga, I expect you to give me 100%. What the fuck you mean? Oh, th th that's not real. Like, man, I was like, kid, this, this, is, this was a red flag, listen. And there's a lot of problems with men. Some, some problems we have as men is that, look, here's, here's for me to even dive deeper into this. You know, I got with this girl when I was 19. And at that point in my life, that was the most consistent pussy that I was getting. First time ever in my life. So I didn't know how to act. I, I was like, you know, I just wanted to keep that around, but I didn't realize love is deeper than just sex, dog. Can you stand this person? Do you want this person, when, when there's a storm outside, do you know this person will still be beside you and, and will walk with you? Like, there, there's, it's, it was deeper, but it took me till I was about 22 years old to realize that. Because you got to think about it. That's what we exposed to at young ages. We're like looking at all the attractive women. We're like, mm, girl, she's... She got a nice boy, she has nice titties, nice lips, nice hips, nice walk. You know, you're thinking about all this stuff, but dog, the character, the character is more important. What kind of woman is she? Does she respect yeah. you? Does she respect her own father? You know, what kind of mother does she plan on being? What's her forecast? What's her future like? Does she have her goals on the wall? You know what ah. I'm saying? Is she goal-getter? This is, this is what helps a man, and, and it took me until I was 22 to realize that, and at 22, that's when I met my wife because that was, because at 22 my ex left me. She broke up with me. Needless to say, I actually broke up with her first. But my mom told me, and when I broke up with her, I was in Miami for the summer. This girl was blowing me up every time I was hanging out with y'all. She was calling me and calling me.
talking about you got to be on the phone with me. What the fuck, man? Can I, can I not hang out with my family and friends? You have my ass for eight months. What the fuck, man? You understand what I'm saying? Like, Clifton, this is that's Robin, another red Robin. flag. I know, but Robert, I want to explain something real quick. I want to explain something real quick, what really happened, okay? The reason why she uh, all up on you like that is because, like, you know, and this is something that, um, you know, it's, 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 it's in, the nature, in the nature of most, most of the time it's in the nature of females, but guys do it too. But when somebody's worrying about that, you know, they don't have, they don't bring much to the table, and this happened a lot of times when they don't bring much to the table, and I think um, she don't bring much to the table, does she? No, nah, no. Nah. Not, not she don't bring too much. Not too much. Not too much. No, nah, no. Nah. Because she don't bring much to the table. You know, for a fact, she's she's scared that she, you know, she she's gonna lose you to somebody else. And that's the thing that like, when you when you don't bring much to the table, you already know she might meet somebody who is willing to bring much to the table because the value, your true value, and that's like, and I think especially at that time, especially at that time, your value, you didn't know how much of a value you had as as a man, but. She she know how much value she um she, um you know you had and I guess now that you know you left her she took that shit for granted because she thought that you'll never um leave her. Yeah, you're right. You you're right. And Clifton, I didn't even realize that value until I like I said until I was 22. It's like okay, now I see what I bring to the table. And if a female is not look, willing to meet me 100 percent at the finish line. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. I'm that hard loving person. I love hard, man. I'm not. I'm not, if I'm gonna give it my all. Like you, you that. Like man, maybe I may have a couple of days where I slip up. I'm a perfect person. You know what I mean? But shit, if I'm giving a hundred, you gotta give a hundred. So like, so when when I left it the first time, Cliff, my mom told me don't go back to see her when you go back to K State. Ignore her. Don't don't look at her. Um, and I didn't listen. I went back, and it caused us to get back together. We weren't supposed to get back together. I should have been single a little longer. If there was anything I could go back and do, I should. I would have just, as soon as I left her the first time, I should have stayed single. I should have never went back. Um, and Because then after that, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Because <laughs> uh, that was when everything went downhill. She got more out of me. She sucked more life out of me. It wasn't like maybe six or seven months after that, she needed help getting a car, a brand-new car, because she got tired of sharing a car with her brother, Clifton. Girls, hey, yeah. I need $3,000 to put down some money. What I was doing wrong, I was sharing everything with her. I was telling her my financial shit. There's some limitations you got to have. Just like how some women say, like with my wife, she was like, I'll be your girlfriend, but until we get married, I'm not having no baby for you. You understand? Like, you got to set a standard, too, as a man. Like, I fucked up. I told her everything else. I was basically treating her like she was my wife. You know, I was like, hey, hey, babe, look, I'm about to have a over five thousand some dollar uh, student refund check, and what I didn't know is that the bitch was planning what she was gonna, what she was gonna suck out of me. You know, you gotta, you you gotta watch what you do. You know, and as as a man, there's some things you just like, nah, I'm not gonna do that unless this girl's my wife. I'm not, I'm not about to go that far, because when you go that far, you go your you when you when you when you um. When it ends up not working out, you get in an you get in a dark emotional hole where, yo, it might take you a couple months or years to dig yourself out of it to see the sunshine again, because you right. were just you were too emotionally invested in it, and you didn't realize, ah, oh, you know what, I shouldn't invest in it. I, I gotta stop this. And that's like for any guy that's listening to this, don't put all your eggs in one basket, man. Take it easy. Let this woman earn. 
certain things from you. Don't just give it to her because that's the problem with society. They constantly say you got to spoil when women give that, women get this, women get that, women get that. Like, I mean, there's nothing for men to, to uphold. It's just a world that just caters to women. And it's, and that shit, like, when I started getting older, that's when I realized that, you know, that's when I realized that, and the real men will push the woman, the real men, the real men, Clifton, guys like you and me, and there's other guys out there, the real men will push the like, no, you got to be consistent in your love. No, girl, cut the stupid attitude out. Woman your ass up. You know, you the fragrance of this household. That's how deep it is, Clifton. Says that shit in the Bible. The woman is a fragrance to the household. If your woman's vibe is off, everybody's vibe is gonna get affected. But I still don't believe in the happy, happy wife, happy life bullshit. I'm sorry. I feel like the husbands deserve to be happy too. I'm sorry, man. This one-sided, this that stupid one-sided crap that the no, fucking no, world no, came I, up with. Wait, Robert. I just want. No, I just want to say I agree with you. What you're, or where you're going at, what you're saying. Listen, mm-hmm. for sure, it is that you know. Especially when it comes to relationship, it can't just be a one-sided thing. You're right about yep. that. Because if it's a, one, a happy wife, happy life, then, okay, now, where's the husband going to come in to be happy himself? Like, what are you going to get out of this? It can't just be one-sided. I think, like, most guys, I'm going to be honest with you, most guys, like, you know, when it comes to a relationship, they need to focus on, not just on, okay, it's cool, it's understandable, you need to focus on the family, your, your, your significant other, I understand. But at the same time, you should still... You remind, you remind yourself that you come first as well, too. You know, it's not being yep. self-facts. You have to come first to, to understand that. Because there's guys, right? And, and this happens to me, too, when guys are suppressing their, what they, how they really feel, how they, how, you know, they're, you know, they, they're too busy worrying about their, um, you know, their significant other. Oh, man, if I say this or if I actually go with this action, what would they think? What would they do? They don't think for themselves. They're too busy thinking for the you know, their significant other, how they re- uh, would, would they react because they're too busy worrying about losing them. Like, don't get yeah. that have values too, and it, that's the thing that most people um, get the misconception, like, you know, and, you know, in this day and age, I'm going to be honest with you, I would say it's us fault, like us guys' fault, because we're too busy got pampering women, and they're giving up too much. Um, like, you know, being a simp sometimes, man, I'm going to keep it real, some of, uh, some of us guys be too much of a simp out there that when, they, when it comes to, Temporary women now the um you know bitches out here they thinking that they have the not the idea set that other guys out here gonna have to do the same thing of, of the other last dude was doing. That's not it is like that's not how it is. But that's just my 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 thoughts on it. And you know Rob, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I know this has been a good long podcast, but you know you have any last words to say about how far we gotten and how far we should go on? Oh yeah yeah yeah, dog. I want to say uh. You know, to to fast forward uh, where I'm at uh, right now, you know, me and me and my wife we, we opened up, um, you know, two businesses. Obviously, the first one, you know, the podcast, and then and then another one is a wholesale and real estate business. I mean, yo, like we we like we we're at that point where we're looking to to make money outside of just working a typical job. So make so those things that we're doing, like those uh, the ads that we are creating, can somehow take care of us so we don't have to go to work and all we can just focus on on are all the things that make us happy. Because then if I can go to the gym five days a week, I'd be so happy. If I can go take my wife out to the movies a couple times a week, I'd be happy. If, you know, there's a lot of things that I'd love to do. But I, but when, you, when, you're, when your life is tied to uh, a job income, it just, 
it it just I mean, dog, it just crushes you. It just keeps you just stagnant. You can't go anywhere. You're looking for the next place that's cheaper. You're not you're not elevating your life. You're just valuing your life. Like, no, that shit has to stop. You know, anybody else that's that's uh listening to, 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 to this dog, like, you know, life after high school, it fucking sucks until you wake up. <laughs> you think you're awake when you're at 18, Clifton, but you're not awake yet. You need that to hit you up for you to start waking up. You, you, like, boy, you, you realize, oh, no, at 18, don't think you know it all. No, you fucking don't. You haven't lived by yourself. You've had your mom and your dad there the whole time. Now let's see what you got. Can you get up in the morning and cook yourself some breakfast? You know, iron some clothes? You know how to make a house clean? You know, do you, do you know how to wash clothes? Like, there's some things that some people that are my age, they don't even know how to do. Some people don't know how to do laundry. And they're almost 30. How the fuck you don't know how to do that? Like, that's <laughs> shit, shit is fucking crazy. Um, but I'll just um end this with the with the wife, Clifton. I met my, my wife when I was 22. It was literally two months after my uh two or three months after my ex broke up with me, and um she loved me hard. She fell for me. Like there's a special look that the, that the woman that was meant that's meant for you will give you. That you you just you you just feel it. it was like it was a deep deep connection. We were on the phone for hours. The honey, the um um the man. What's that? What's that? What's that word? That puppy love. That puppy love face was pretty long. Then it was, and then after that, we were still we were still hard for each other. You mean the honeymoon? You're talking about the honeymoon uh, yeah, face? It was, yeah, it was it was it was long. I mean, we would text long, long messages to each other over and over again. Our relationship was long distance. She was two hours away, and she would come out there to drive to go see some nigga who had a, a who had a job that only paid him seven twenty five an hour. Like, are you serious? And then I had a job when I was just working for the college campus, and I was getting paid like every three weeks, and it wasn't even that much money. It was probably less than a hundred dollars, but yet this girl. This woman believed in me. She was two years older than me. She was 24 at the time, and she drove two hours to see me. And me just seeing that and watching her sacrifice, I'm like, I'm going to take her. I'm like, yo, I'm going. I'm not going to let like, her down. I'm going to keep it real with you. Like that, yeah. it's very hard to find these days. They're very, very hard to find when it comes to, um, you know, um, you know, like, honestly, it really it, it does take time for you to really, really, like, find those type of women. There's not a lot of them like that where, and I'm glad that you, you know, you, you hold it down with her too because, you know, when the last time you're going to find that? You might have to bump it to the other, um, you know, that, that last chick that, you know, did you wrong, like, you know, when she didn't bring anything to the table. But, you know, uh-huh. she's a true ride and die chicks, and there's not a lot of chicks like that these days, especially that I know of in my personal opinion. You know what I'm saying? No, no, you're right, because nobody, there's no woman, Clifton, holding these women accountable. You see how it is for us, nigga. We make one mistake, boy, every single man is after us. Nigga, what the fuck? How do you, why would you do that shit? You can't do that shit. Like, I mean, what? But That's for women, who's, who's holding them accountable? I don't see any. The only song that I ever heard that was catered to good men was What a Man. And that was like in the 90s. That was the only song I ever heard. But every song after that, oh, this guy cheated on me. Oh, this guy raped me. Oh, this guy beat me up. Oh, I was holding it down, and, and then he, he decided to, 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 to cheat on me. That's literally been the narrative of every single song, but there's never a song where a woman's like saying, I have such a good man, and ladies, this is how you treat a good man. Like, there's nothing about that. It's just straight attack, attack, attack. Like, damn. And then they but wonder why there's not too many good men in the sea at the moment. 
Exactly. I, and honestly, I, I can't um, disagree more. Um, damn, that is, like this is a really good comment. I was, I was hoping we would hold on to that for another um, comment. Um, you know, we, we should talk more about that, like it's a part two on the next one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm down, man. I'm down. We could definitely uh, talk about that. I honestly want to give you my story here and there, but Robin, I honestly think that this is a really good one. We should like sign off at this point, Rob. And um, I would like to thank anybody who actually listened to our podcast from from the beginning to the end. And um, just be on the lookout for the next Wednesday podcast, y'all. Peace. Yeah, appreciate it.